Queeby is dead. Long live the wall, which just got renewed for season four. It's already been on for three years, and I hadn't even heard of it until this year. Yeah, it actually was renewed for season four two years after it was renewed for season three, so it's kind of been a long time coming, I guess. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of game shows of late because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, so I got, like, a bunch of them that have been on for years. Probably people are super aware of them, like that 21 show hosted by... Oh, yeah, the Carlton person. Carlton, yeah. yeah. And then we have, uh, what is it, the Beast Show? And then, what is the one That's we did? That's the catch. But yeah, like also, of course, I've kind of been paying more closer attention to Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune also. And then like uh, the one we did yesterday, Misery, Misery, Misery Island. Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't gotten so desperate as to go into the Survivor series. <laughs> but eventually, if they come out with some millennial version of it, I'm pretty sure they're going to combine like Big Brother with Survivor. I'm sure that's on been Zoom. done before. Yeah, on Zoom? <laughs> yes, of course. Um, they already did sort of, the, the circle was sort of like that on Netflix. Yeah, but Survivor on Zoom the whole point of the circle confused me. It was like people just kind of voted each other's voted each other out based on their social media profile. And they added people, right? Like yeah, randomly. but they didn't really need to be in separate like quarter uh, quarantined rooms for that entire time. Like I get the gist of the comedy behind it because you constantly have, <laughs> yeah. but it was just Big Brother with Zoom. Um, yeah. So this show, The Wall, I've actually seen a few episodes. So have you. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode was interesting. It's ended the same way that a lot of them have in tragedy. Yeah. Um, you get... In fact, well, I just want to come in with some facts here. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so only eight people, it seems like, throughout the three seasons have won over a million dollars. But one of them was the first episode, which uh, they won $1,300,000. That's still eight more million than I have. So, I mean, that's a good start for them um, to start the first show off with a win like that. Yeah, it premiered on December 19th, 2016. 2016. See, it's been around for forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So this year, I've seen multiple people take the offer and then actually have the amount be bigger than that, which they took. And then people get angry. It seems like it's a lose-lose situation when you get out there at first because, Mm -hmm. like... You have no idea what to expect, and sure, the thing could go blast, and uh, and the lights could go on, and confetti could fall, and people could go crazy saying, you won, you won, you won. But it's much more likely that they just give you like this, that your partner or whoever you go with. Like, yeah, sometimes, sometimes it's, a family member. Yeah, sometimes it's parents. Has it been anybody else? Friends, I guess. Yeah, there have yeah. been friends. Uh, like that towing truck guy or whatever. Like there was one where they uh, had a business together, and they were trying to save their business. Were they brothers? Maybe yeah, they were brothers. They were brothers. Okay. Well, I know you have to send in a video. So if you're looking to apply to become a contestant, you got to like have a really nice so- story. Yeah, yeah, well, maybe, yeah. And it, then you have to like regurgitate that story 50,000 times until it loses <laughs> all resonance as far as being a gripping tale. Yeah, like this, this guy was a cop, right? Yeah. And he, he was like, a deputy sheriff. A deputy sheriff, still still a cop, and he like saved a baby. And uh, but they milked that story. For it was all really it was sad at first, but then like they just kept on saying it, and you kept on learning things about it. But Jeremy and Nikki, those were the name of the people. Are and that's actually... another thing. The names of people seem to be very simple. It's always like Matt or Jeremy or Jenny or Kyle. It's never it's never really like a difficult name to pronounce, which I just found weird. Well, yeah, but the thing about this was that like they became godfathers to the kid that they saved, whose name was Kingston. So. Yeah, if you watch the episode, you don't need to hear that again because you've heard it like 50,000 times. <laughs> no offense. They also had like six kids on their own and they didn't, yeah. they hardly even mentioned them throughout <laughs> the episode. Um, they walked away with nothing. 
And uh, but that was, would be that would be really tragic. Yeah, well, they it, had, especially if Chris Hardwick's right there and he's like kind of smiling and being like, "I'm so sorry, guys." It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> they had one million eighty-five thousand three hundred ninety-three dollars before the four red balls dropped. And then, for anyone who's unfamiliar with the way that the red draw, balls and the yeah. green balls drop, you go ahead and explain it. Basically, what it is is that um, the show is if you get a question right. You get the answers first, and then um, usually someone throws in the balls into seven slots, and it's this four-story high, like, kind of building-like thing where they drop the balls, and then it lands. That's why it's called the wall, because yeah. it's the wall. And, and then it- and then it can land into separate values. It can be $1, $10, $100, $100,000. By the very end, they go into the million-dollar so slot. So it's basically by chance, but they have these little fans on the wall that actually push the ball in different directions right. while it's falling, and I feel like those could be manipulated pretty easily. Well, it's very reminiscent of the Price is Right game, Plinko. In fact, I saw a review that kind of said that this was a pure ripoff of that, where you basically just wait and see where the balls drop. Yeah, it's a luck game, and the questions aren't hard, but for some reason, there's only six of of them that the person behind the wall actually answers, and and they're unfamiliar if they actually get them right. Yeah, they're in a soundproof room. Yeah, and apparently. Then, and then the other person basically, once the balls are dropping, just like runs up to the wall and is like, go right, go right, because that's where the higher prices are. Yet no one has gotten all six questions right in this game before. Yeah, so. that's what I was saying. It's mm-hmm. like very strange that for such simple questions, because some of them will be as easy as like, give me an example. Like, like yesterday there was the Childish Gambino one where it's like, Donald Glover goes under what rapper name? And Chance the Rapper or Childish Gambino. <laughs> yeah, and they, cho- they chose Chance the Rapper. Or like um, even the, it, there are only four four answers that you can give uh the lady guessed right on five or guessed right on a few of them but she got five correct yeah for so, the first for the like, first how do you not know what hala is she was she kept on calling it chala well yeah but for the first three and that's that's a push on the listeners too if you guys aren't aware what hala is it's bread <laughs> like come on <laughs> go yeah, ahead but for the first yeah. three questions they were only three answers and then um once you got into the last three questions those are when the four answers came on the one that she missed was um, which two US, U.S. cities have the most populous cities have the same name? Yeah, and, and it, it just seemed like by picking Arizona, which Phoenix is like one of the biggest cities in the country, if not the world. I think it's, I don't know, millions yeah. upon millions of people. And so like you you knew that she got it wrong because there is no Phoenix, New Mexico with that same level of like hype or populace. Right, and she had the question correct at first. She picked Oregon and Maine, which ended up being the question, um, or the answer, but... It ended up being the question and the answer. Well, at the very beginning, uh, the uh, person who chooses where the balls are going to drop, the person outside the wall who doesn't get to answer the question, they get to see the answers first. And that's interesting, at least, because it gives them a sort of idea or maybe it like tricks them into thinking, oh, my partner or whatever is going to know exactly where to put the balls right and most of the time the people outside either they get the chance to double up or triple up which is basically them putting um two balls on in the same slot or three balls i mean on they the probably slot. if they were listening to this they may have seen the episode yeah but uh, so well i'm just explaining because usually that ends they up get happen- to double down or triple down is yeah. basically what you're saying and usually that ends up happening but in this one he was just like no the entire yeah, time you kind of learn more about the contestants by the choices they make because they of course are supposed to give you some sort of reasoning as to why they're picking whatever number but in the end it's just like insane like logic it's just like oh this is for my kids i have three of them so i'm gonna put this in the seven yeah that kind of <laughs> but 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 with this guy this guy just picked three and four like every single <laughs> time i think you picked five once and one once but yeah it was three and four for the majority of the time well usually you see people try to play it more 
conservatively once they've accrued enough funds. But this person like made it to, let's say 800,000 to a million. And the thing is there is a million dollar queue there. So if the ball falls into it and it's red, they lose everything. And I don't think the guy realized that seriously enough because he just didn't play it risky. Yeah. He, and so like it's, you get, you go bigger, you go home in this game. So like, <laughs> even if you're out of money near the end, if you just get one of those million dollar drops, so you put everything into the seven and you're probably more likely to get it. But again, you have to have sort of a gambler's like will with money where you just look at it and you don't feel like it's actual money. Yeah. The nice thing about the show is that the, once you like zero out, you zero out. There's no like negative numbers because that would be. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like with Jeopardy, though, because they'll have negative numbers. But at the end of the day, they're not going to charge you that amount that you were down. They'll just won't give you any money. I wonder if they're actually paying the people just to show up, though, like for a like few dollars per hour like because they're technically well, yeah, hiring I think, them. I think that you have to yeah that's um, weird contestants getting paid for that but I, I don't know go ahead yeah but there's actually been a spinoff of this show um in poland hosted by danny dyer he's been in such stuff as like scans hotel babylon kiss of death and just to kind of quickly report on it it will now be taking place in the uk uh because of coronavirus and he said that he found it more interesting when they were doing this game because he felt like the uh, questions and like answers kind of had like higher stakes. What's and- interesting about that is, as far as like politically, uh, we were thinking about it, it. Those places are all places that like are very immigration um, tensious right now. Like if you think about the U.S. and the wall, you are obviously going to think about Trump. If you think about Mexico, and I think they also have a version of the wall, um, which is kind of weird but when you think about it that way. Yeah. And then you also have UK and Europe. Like the, It's the same issues there where the, the immigration is a hot button issue and you have this thing called the wall. Um, <laughs> it's just funny with what, what happened in 2016 that that would be the year it came out and everything. Yeah. But yeah, maybe that's drawing too much of a connection to it. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say the show went on a brief hiatus of, as of July 2020, but started to resume um, like the episodes on september 24th of 2020 yeah everybody wears a mask now <laughs> yeah and that's that's one thing the I balls always, wear masks i i do find when they drop the balls like interesting because i want to see where they land and the person usually has a lot of energy but some of those things about like the show when they try to go into the background such as like when they turn off when he like makes the other person speak to the screen right before the person either signs up the contract or rips it up I find that part like a little like, oh, can we get through this part already? Because they're not lit hearing. Well, the show is is a full hour. Yeah. And it could be 30 minutes. Like if it was 30 minutes, it could probably cut out all the sappy like talk back and forth where it really doesn't mean anything in the end. It's just like, I know you're going to do me well. You're just going to go in the back. Like they're not actually moving this story like along. No, I'm saying they're not actually like going to. I hope not break up at the end yeah. of this, but they treat it as if it's so emotional. And like, I, I just feel bad if too many people put too much actual emotion behind it, those contestants, mm-hmm. because then they're going to walk away from it with a negative experience sometimes. Uh, even if they do win, if they're getting angry at each other in their head and not like out loud. Yeah. But you can tell some of them get really sad or pissed off at one another. Well, there the was end. there was one, Michael and Jamar, we watched that episode, and um, they're the only people in the American version to have won over a million dollars but have rejected it. Uh, um, and because was, the guy signed the contract yeah. unknowingly that he would have gotten a lot more money had he just let it go. And basically, the uh, what was on the wall was a million, $115,000, and he signed the contract for a 
$115,000 and you can even hear the uncle get like really mad that the person signed the contract. But it's weird because $115,000 is more than most people win, especially when they sign the contracts. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's pretty good. But the person who won to, or would have won, what, like $160,000 the contract, yeah, the contract this was $160,000. And she was talking about uh, how much she wanted to sign it. They must tutor these people before they go out there because every contestant does it. Once they leave the soundproof room and they're like told, you cannot tell them straight off the bat if you signed it or not. We're going to have you talk to them and you have to get at least two minutes through until you finally tell them. And we want you to tease both ways. And they're like, okay, okay, okay. And then they tease both ways and then they find out they get zero (laughs) dollars. And it's not only that, it's also when they're in the soundproof room having to like make on their decision, they always go commercial break right after the person is like, there could be a lot of money on the board or I could sign this contract and you could do a lot of us. And that just shows an exterior shot of where they are and that's always commercial. Yeah, one thing about this game is I think it'd be pretty hard to cheat at it because with the soundproof room other than that they're like completely contained and there's a camera on their face the entire time there's no way they can tell what's on the back side of that oh, thing yeah and even if they could they can't tell what the last seven or whatever red balls, for, yeah. Yeah, where they're going to land and whether or not they're going to end up with more money on the wall or not mm-hmm. so your best method to just win at this game is just to know common facts because there's a lot of pop culture questions in this game yeah, yeah. And then also just don't trust your family members because whenever they go back to the family and they show like, hey, what do you want to talk to your kids about this one? Like, again, I think that your best policy is double down, triple down and put everything in the seven. I think they're going to probably get a contestant like that one day, like a James Holzer yeah. type. <laughs> that, that'd be an interesting wall thing where it's like if you kept winning, you could keep coming back. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. That would be a horrible because the questions are way too easy for it. And also, I don't think that you can do what they do in Jeopardy. In fact, I think, you know how you do that test every time to yeah. see if you can get onto Jeopardy? Yeah. I think you need to do a dumb test to make sure that you're certainly not intelligent enough to answer as many questions. I'm not, okay, that sounds bad because it sounds like I'm calling all these people dumb, but it is funny when these easy questions come up on the on the screen yeah. and you're staring at them and being like, yeah, it's obviously A. This one. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then they get it wrong. Yeah, like, and- I guess it's just more tense in there i know that uh, if you've seen the show you know that lebron james has like a lot to do with it he produces the show and even after the family uh for the first episode one i've heard sorry go ahead after the family for the first episode once 1.3 million dollars he delivered the prize personally to them yeah i've heard that like in between commercial breaks he just comes out with a basketball and just shoots hoops into the wall <laughs> for the entertainment yeah of the he's audience. like this one's going in the seven and then he shoots it and then it just like magically travels down there he actually made that he constructed the wall with the rest of his team yeah no and then of course you have chris hardwick who i i found it weird because i knew he did talking dead but he also does talking preacher talking bad and talking saul yeah he got famous from doing podcasts to begin with and then i think his career just took yeah off he from turned there. into a comedian and a host and he turned into a comedian yeah that's how you do it i mean <laughs> and then he how did he learn to how did he learn to know lebron james well i think lebron james they were just like oh we need a likable host so they ended up just to do it, sign to get man him. it would be so cool if there was like a story behind there like, yeah well, i was at his game and he looked at me and we made pointed, eye contact. yeah no, <laughs> he's uh, like hey you're that guy from the walking dead podcast yeah. it's produced by maverick carter and andrew glassman as well um and the wall is the second show to launch i don't know then why are you saying <laughs> because they're facts <laughs> okay go ahead. the wall is the second show to launch under the newly formed universal television alternative studio which was announced in june 
uh, of 2016. So it seems like it's been a pretty big hit for them because they keep on moving it to you think like pretty big prime time slots. Yeah, I mean it was on in Thursday, which is like known for being the prime slots. So that moved to Wednesday, I think, because of yeah, football. Yeah, football. And uh, I think it have I said it's got 3.4 million views and it just like, got renewed. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty successful. And now let's talk about Queeby and how it's not successful. <laughs> yeah, no, but then also in the 18 to 34 demographic, I think it has like between 0.6 to 1.4 million viewers. Yeah, it which feels- is it's that's odd because I, I would feel like that would be the most people would be watching it don't you think you're saying that that's the least amount of people that watch in that group? well it just seems like a lot less in terms of numbers oh well maybe because of the questions that are being asked because that would be the thing that i would think would pull them in maybe. but maybe it's just the format of the show i don't know was let's make it or sorry no deal or no deal did that get like good numbers when it was on i think so yeah and then like like, they brought it back yeah they brought it back with a weird weird twist to it i mean Um, season four they have said that they've considered to replace the host with howie mandel oh okay i thought you were saying the wall no i am saying the wall oh okay yeah yeah, and chris hardwick took it hard (laughs) i I could do not with a great show like this now season four is supposed to be 20 episodes which is kind of the same with season two and season three however season one uh it did its test pilot and then was renewed for 10 episodes as well so uh, like this thing has been on for quite a while do you think they're going to do like what they did with jimmy kimmel and uh who wants to be a millionaire where they bring in um celebrities (laughs) i was yeah no i was thinking about that that'd be a funny wall thing to see someone like aaron Rodgers just be go go right go right go right i kind (laughs) of want to see what was the pairing that they had for who wants to be a millionaire uh, it was anderson cooper and who was the other guy oh yeah the uh andy cohen yeah andy cohen i want to see one of them i think it would probably andy be anderson Co- cohen I was, Co- sorry, anderson cooper. cohen anderson cooper would go in the back to answer yeah, the questions and andy cohen would just be would like, just be like running around static just not as excited like it would be cool to see him try to pick up uh, chris hardwick like this guy did like yeah, multiple he, times he, uh, he just <laughs> grabbed the dude he's like a full police officer and he's like yeah, yeah and he just swung him around and chris hardwick even made fun of that where he was like i feel like a bull like and i don't have anything to jump into yeah 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 <laughs> when he said that line i thought about donkey kong like in those uh, old games where he would <laughs> jump into smash. a barrel and then a oh yeah no the yeah, yeah the, the game Boy games. yeah with diddy kong but um anyways so. thanks yeah with his co-star diddy kong <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah the reviews for this thing have been pretty mixed progressive midwesterner gave it three out of five funnily enough they uh, actually said like it should be pretty easy for at least one of the contestants to get every single question right <laughs> and that was when the fo- show first started it's so weird that they haven't like yeah. again it, I, just, I know you need to have a sad story like something to grip you right. and it's like they won't accept contestants who are just normal people right, yeah, exactly. like wheel of fortune <laughs> it seems like whenever they go through the people and they're like okay so you're an architect and you work at such and such and that's about the end of the yeah thing it's literally just one fact from them they should do what they did with the misery index where it's like they do they say the most disgusting thing i thought you were gonna say that them. they bring in the impractical jokers and yeah i completely <laughs> agree with you if they would combine that show just the impractical jokers part and bring them onto any tv show they should just keep on making appearances would, they did so in bones right yeah well two of them did i wonder who would be out there like trying to get the balls to go to the right and then who would be answering the questions um, <laughs> one but, of their punishments would be to have to be in the wall so that the ball would just like hit them on the way through and they'd be like ow <laughs> yeah the wall on imdb has a 5.9 based off of Woo! 453 reviews but also has a three out of five stars on common sense media as it's well it's one of those shows that you like kind of look through a skewed lens like you're not supposed to critically right challenge like actually the show. analyze this you're just supposed to eat dinner see a question answer the answer it in your head 
see whether or not it's right, and then once it gets to the savvy parts, you can just tune it to something else. Or if you've recorded it fast forward, it's probably the best Unless part. you're really into the sappy stuff. Like, that would be cool to see some fans who were just watching it for the relationships. Because then they'd be watching half of them be really, like, messed up at the end. That's, that is, like, it's worse than the Misery Index in that sense, because yeah. you have a lot of, again, families walking away feeling like they legitimately lost Well, yeah, money. what was sad about this one is that, like, Jeremy, you know, they make each other hold hands at the end, and he's like, there was a point where we had over a million dollars, and then we're going home the same way that we came in, and it's just Those like, hands oh. have to be so sweaty. Like, sweaty hands, like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and also, another thing that I think they always tell the person is, at least say once this was the hardest decision that you've ever had to make, because that's always something that they say. Yeah, that, that, that are go-to lines. It's like, you don't know how bad it is back there. It's like, I had no idea. It's like, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what the description says. Also, how do you make a soundproof room so close to a huge blaring audience and like yeah, microphones they, they and they have to clap for everything. Like, literally, they show the amount, even if it's zero dollars that someone has, and the audience is just there clapping. I'm legitimately curious about the construction of how they are able to do it. Like, how many, how, how thick is that steel? Like, is there a room cordoned off? That could probably, like, if you probably, were about yeah. to get into an apocalypse scenario. <laughs> that would say. And you're close to Hollywood. Then make your way onto the Hollywood lot. <laughs> And get yourself into that wall room. <laughs> should be pretty easy. I mean, I don't think there's going to be any security in an apocalyptic scenario, but yeah. Yeah, if we ever need to find Chris Hardwick and he's hiding somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That's where he does his podcast, because it's so quiet. Yeah, right. That they constructed the entire wall set around Chris Hardwick's studio. That's all that is. Okay. It's actually his house. It's a giant <laughs> white room. Yeah. It's where he goes to sleep at night. All right, we've gone loopy on this show. Thanks for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. <laughs> we'll see you on the next one. It'll probably be a little bit more serious. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>